0: Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. So I was I, yeah, I
1: was
0: Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5.
2: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.07 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, May the 29th, 2021. Welcome to another edition of the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis & Boyd, Attorneys at Law. I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the show Saturday Morning Coffee, we invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the things happening in your world, all the things that we think you need to know. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we are all about limited government and lower taxes. What a strange and novel concept that sounds like. Low, limited government and lower taxes, because what does that mean? That means more freedom, more opportunity, more opportunity more choice for you and me, all of us who are we the people. Folks, we have a country to save, and I hope you know I'm not kidding when I say that. It's not hyperbole. It is the honest-to-goodness truth. We've got a country to save, and it starts right here every Saturday morning. It also starts right around your kitchen table uh, with your family and friends. It starts uh, where in your workplace. It starts wherever you are That is where it starts. It's up to each one of us uh, to speak up and uh, stand up for what we know to be true and for what we know to be truth uh, in this country that is so, in many ways, seemingly lost and adrift. So this morning, as we celebrate Memorial Day weekend here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we invite you to sit down with that cup of your favorite uh, coffee and join us as we get your day going It is, as Mr. Producer said a moment ago, a glorious Saturday morning here along the Grand Strand. Beautiful drive in on my way into the studio. And, uh, of course, as always, as you've already heard, I am joined here in the studio this morning by producer extraordinaire, Dr. Glenn Dye. Dr. (laughs) Dye, how
3: are you? A doctor, a doctor. Dr. Larry Biddle's already chimed in. Good morning, Reese. Uh, He's already chimed in on pcrxcomputers.com. I know.
2: We've got some early – we always have some early risers on the uh, pcrxcomputers.com. And he
3: saw that beautiful sunrise and, of course, included a picture with his text this morning.
2: Yeah, he he does. Us, he he sends me uh, morning updates from the creek, and mm-hmm. uh, always in, always enjoy those.
3: I mean, it was beautiful. So, what is it? Red sky at night, sailor's delight. Red sky at mor on morning, sailor's warning. So something so like that. Sailor's warning. Yeah, yeah. Possible storms in the area this afternoon. Uh, yeah. So we've uh, we were
2: and we were thinking about getting out on the water. So hopefully we'll have some decent weather uh, this afternoon. But we. Um, We do invite y'all to join uh, the show. Our listeners, some of you already checking in this morning on the pcrxcomputers.com text line. You can also join the show by calling in. Uh, We'd love to hear from you this morning. Love to hear your uh, Memorial Day remembrance if you have one. The call-in line is 843-903-2945. You can also text us. As I said, those comments go to the pcrxcomputers.com text line. That number is 843-774. Nine eight eight two five five. That's 798 TALK 843 798 eight, You can tweet your comments to the show. Show Twitter handle is at Reese Boyd. And you can also email the show. The email address for Saturday morning coffee is Reese Boyd SMC at gmail.com. And finally, you can also reach me during normal business hours, Monday through Friday, most days at uh, the offices of Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. That number is 843-839-9800, 843-839-9800. So a lot going on. Um, and in case you guys have uh, uh, missed it, want to remind you again that Saturday Morning Coffee is available as a podcast. And so uh, search for Saturday Morning Coffee in your podcast men- uh, menu uh, whether you use the apple CarPlay or google play or other podcast providers search for saturday morning coffee and you should see us pop up and you can subscribe to the podcast so if you miss an episode here on saturday mornings you can catch the podcast at your leisure quite a few of you as i said and thank you for subscribing uh, by the way very uh, very much appreciate all of our subscribers to the podcast so what's the uh,
3: coffee uh, du jour this morning, Mr. Producer? As you tell you always ask me that just as I'm taking a sip, mm. but it is delicious. Today is Pete's. Pete's.
2: Pete's. Very good. Well, I have got uh, some Doka Estate. We have a extra special guest coming up here on the program. Oh. I've got a, a Doka Estate uh, carafe of coffee that we've uh, brewed from my uh, one of my favorite sources, the Doka Estate in Costa Rica. And uh, it's Governor Pamela, Lieutenant Governor, excuse me, Pamela Evitt, going to be joining us in the bonus second cup hour of Saturday morning coffee coming up in the second
3: hour. That's a treat. It's ah, always a treat a to treat. have her here. So
2: we're looking forward to her, a little extra special guest this morning here on Saturday morning coffee. And um, also, as I mentioned earlier, we're uh, remembering uh, Memorial Day. It's our re- Memorial Day edition of Saturday morning coffee. So want to uh, encourage you all to take some time this weekend uh, to remember those who have paid the ultimate price so that we have the freedom that we have, so that I have the freedom to sit here and broadcast this show, so that we all have the freedom today to do the things that we all do. Uh, we owe a great debt to those who have gone before and paid the price uh, that uh, they have paid, um, and, and we remember Uh, the fallen today here on Saturday morning coffee. So we'll have some extra special music for you this morning here on Saturday morning coffee. Quite a few of you checking in already Cadillac, Gary checking in the climbers checking in. Good morning. All Tim, the car detail guy checking in on the pcrxcomputers.com text line, Tim. Good morning, Jeff, the guitar builder, uh, checking in, got a little, uh, got a little coffee maker. Where's all the coffee? We were mugged. So a little, uh, little humor from, uh, Jeff, the guitar builder this morning.
3: Be sure. Uh, Andy Thompson, he's got two mugs there. Yours, the Saturday uh-huh. morning coffee mug and 85 overdrive's coffee. Mug oh, very good. In the house. Uh, he did want us to let, let us know that, he, uh, 85 overdrive will be at suck bang blow tonight from eight to 12. That's Nick Summers band with yeah. Andy Thompson and all the other great guys. Suckbang Blow, what time is that? Uh, 8, to 12. 8 to 12. It says first beer's on me. Ah, very so good. Let's see, okay. there's probably like 6,000 people listening right now. Yeah, you just went broke. Buddy. You just picked up a big tab, Andy. <laughs> yeah. So
2: the first beer, folks, is on Andy uh, tonight at Suckbang Blow. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Um, and so, a lot to talk about, a lot to cover uh, today on this edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. Hope you guys will stick with us and stick around for the Lieutenant Governor coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. It is uh, Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd, that's Glenn Dye, and today we remember the fallen. So stick with us, and we'll be back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. My children and my wife
1: Thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Cause the flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take it. There ain't
0: no doubt I love this man. God bless the USA Saturday Morning Coffee The Reese Boyd Radio Hour and more coming up next on Talk 94.5
2: Hi everybody, it's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team. Greg, if you represent a seller in this market, how do you help them determine what the right listing price is in a market such as this?
4: To determine the right listing price today, you have to look at the current pendings that are comparable. We don't even need to look at the closed sales because that's in the past. In an upward trending market that's going up this quickly, we look at homes that are on the market that are for sale or have just gone pending, and that's what we're basing our prices on but you have to be careful not to overprice when a home is on the market for more than 25 to 30 days people start wondering what's wrong so you got to be careful not to overprice it
2: great real estate advice from greg sisson reach greg and the greg sisson team at 843-251-2693 or you can schedule your appointment online at gregsisson.com the greg sisson team your choice for real estate experts here along the grand strand give them a call today
0: Ah, to be on a boat, on the water, with your friends, it's just a dream. No, it's your reality with Freedom Boat Club, the members-only boat club where we own the boats and you enjoy them at a low monthly rate. Memberships start at 2 dollars a month plus a one-time initiation fee, which includes club-sponsored fun social events and access to over 250 locations around the world. We do all the work. You have all the fun at Freedom Boat Club with four locations along the Grand Strand and at freedomboatclub.com. Your boat is waiting. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5.
1: From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, and New York to LA, where there's pride American Heart And it's time we stand and say
2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.20 on your Saturday morning. It is uh, Saturday, May the 29th, and we are remembering the fallen. We are honoring uh, Memorial Day today. This uh, is our Memorial Day episode for Saturday Morning Coffee. Saturday, Saturday, of course, before the Memorial Day on Monday. And some of you may be wondering exactly uh, what uh, Memorial Day how Mo- Memorial Day originated Memorial Day is an American holiday observed in the last on the last Monday of May honoring the men and women who have died while serving in the US military Memorial Day 2021 of course occurs this Monday May the 31st Originally known as Decoration Day, it originated in the years following the Civil War and became an official federal holiday in 1971. I did not realize that it was not an official federal holiday until 1971. Uh, many Americans obviously observe Memorial Day by visiting ceremonies, uh, visiting cemeteries, memorials, uh, holding uh, family gatherings and participating in parades. Um, unofficially, it does mark the begin of beginning of the summer season, of course. Uh, when the Civil War ended in the spring of 1865, claiming more lives than any conflict in U.S. history and requiring the establishment of uh, the first national cemeteries, uh, obviously uh, so many had passed away, we had to have large military Cemeteries to deal with the dead. By the late 1860s, Americans in various towns and cities had begun holding springtime tributes to these countless fallen soldiers, decorating their graves with flowers and reciting prayers. It is unclear exactly where the tradition originated. Numerous different communities have independently initiated memorial gatherings. Some records show that the earliest Memorial Day commemorations were organized, curiously enough, by a group of formerly enslaved individuals in Charleston, South Carolina, less than a month after the Confederacy surrendered in 1865. Nonetheless, in 1966, the federal government officially declared Waterloo, uh, New York, as the birthplace of Memorial Day. So, a uh, little Memorial Day uh, information for you. There's a parade coming up later this afternoon, uh, later this morning. I don't know exactly. Let's see if I can find the time on that. But there's a parade coming up at the Market yeah. Common. Uh, do you have the time on that, Glenn? Do you know what time that is? You know, I don't. I'm not participating in the parade, so I didn't. know. Yeah, that. we'll have to find. I'll have to find that for you guys. Yeah. But there's a parade coming up uh, on uh, Market Common, and of course, I think on Monday there is a. Uh, veteran walk on uh, ocean boulevard and so we'll get that uh, the details for y'all uh, on that during the program but hopefully everybody uh, will find the time to get out and uh,
3: remember the fallen 11 a.m it says 11 a.m that's, that's really odd because it says 11 a.m to 10 30 p.m that would be a long parade <laughs> that's a long parade yeah and then there of course there's a golf cart parade uh, five to six down there in surfside tomorrow and what time is the Veterans Walk on Ocean Boulevard? I'm not seeing that yet, my friend. Right. Hey, I just want to tell you, you know that Lee Greenwood song uh, really took off after 9-11? Oh, yeah. And my sure. m- every time I hear that, you know, it brings emotion to everybody. It's oh, a yeah, very it's... emotional song. And the first time that I really appreciated it and really heard it was at Dover uh, Motor Speedway, uh, mm-hmm. Dover, Delaware, oh, yeah. the Monster Mile, uh, mm-hmm. two weekends after 9-11. And Lee Greenwood came there to sing the song uh all of us were given flags as we went into the the um the stadium or whatever, you know, whatever and the race, um, right. yeah, and they were pointy you know long pointy things and they gave gave us to them right so um uh it, very emotional uh, cal ripkin number 8 was the uh, grand marshal um dale junior number 8 was the winner of the race um I mean, I am getting goosebumps. That's how emotional it was. It was like there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Oh yeah, when yeah. Lee Greenwood sang that song, and those American flags waving was just so, so beautiful.
2: Well, and you know, one of the things that strikes uh, me, and and it's it's really uh, funny, Glenn. But when I was putting the music together to to do the show today, when I was you know, pulling the, the various songs to use as the intro and the bumpers mm-hmm. uh, for the show today. It's, it's a very emotional uh, thing. You know, it's hard to fathom how many people, almost 700,000 Americans, have paid the ultimate price uh, for our freedom. And, yeah. it's, it's, and, and I, I tried to imagine what would seven, I mean, that's a lot of men and women that have paid the ultimate price so that you and I could continue to be free. Right. And and what do uh, you know, what do 700000 people standing shoulder to shoulder look like? How long would that line be? It's a very long line, yeah. folks. It's a very long line. And, you know, one of the things that I also thought about, I'll just throw this out for you to kind of put these numbers in perspective. Because when you start talking about thousands and thousands and you hear about the, the president wants to spend six trillion numbers, we really can't get you really can't get your mind around those kinds of numbers that doesn't even make since, it's uh, like I read uh, over the weekend, last weekend, I was reading an article about the, the president's uh, spending uh, orgy that he's proposed. And if you tried to spend, uh, let's set aside $6 trillion for a moment. 6000000000000 trillion. Let's just try to spend a trillion dollars, Glenn. Did you know if you tried to spend... A trillion dollars by spending a dollar every second. Every second, we're going to lay a dollar down on the table. Did you know it would take you 31,700 years? Wow. To spend a <laughs> wow. trillion dollars? So if you're going to spend six trillion, that's 186,000 and change, 180,000 180, years that you'd, you'd spend
3: a dollar every second.
2: Spending a dollar every second, trying to spend six trillion oh, and you dollars. you see the national
3: debt clock and it's i mean that, that sucker yeah. is rolling yeah. uh what are we 27 trillion it's unbelievable debt, i believe right it is, now it is truly, truly unbelievable trillion. it is truly
2: unbelievable but one of the things that uh, i wanted to share with y'all is i, I it's it's um, a somber time memorial day obviously not a celebration oh and the other thing that speaking of numbers that you really have a hard time uh getting your um, your your arms around your head around is as i was thinking about this for the for the show you know, Memorial Day, we honor the fallen. Nearly a million, but not a million, have fallen in in battles, and I mean going all the way back to the Revolutionary War. But they've paid the ultimate price. But you think about how long that would that line would be if you lined up seven hundred, seven hundred and fifty thousand. I don't have the exact number. Um, it's a lot. But then think about this: as also this this occurred to me, since we had Roe v. Wade in nineteen seventy two. There have been somewhere between 50 and 60 million, million. Wow. abortions performed in this country. And I thought to myself, of all the people that we have lost in every war that this nation has ever fought, it is still almost a drop in the bucket compared to those unborn that were never born because of abortion. Wow. We're talking about minimum fifty million. I think the estimates that I've seen range between fifty five and, and somewhat higher, fifty five, sixty million. But it does make you wonder how how different? What would the world look like? How many how many Einsteins were there? How many, you know, how many cures for cancer were there among those fifty million unborn that were that never that never made it to see the light of day? Um, and it just it gives you pause to consider because it really does your, your mind boggles uh at the at the at the number of zeros, and it really is hard to get your head around it but you know one of the things I thought about uh, this weekend as uh or this past week as I was thinking about the show glenn it's it's graduation season. Uh, we have so much to be thankful for. we do have our freedom uh, It is a somber time. Memorial Day is a remembrance it's not a celebration. sometimes you will hear people say Happy Memorial Day. It's not really a happy day. We're remembering the fallen. And so some of the music that we'll play today is sad music, and that's okay. And we should take a moment and remember those who did, uh, who are not with us, who did not come home. The men and women who who left this country to defend it and never came home, and the families um, who have a missing, have a hole that, that was left by a family member who did not come home. So it's a somber time, but it's a you know, it's a time where we, you know, think back on all that we have to be thankful for. And that's encouraging because uh, we're free. And but it's incumbent upon us, uh, the living, uh, as they say, uh, to remember those people who went and fought and defended that freedom, but also to fight ourselves to protect that freedom. Don't Dishonor the memory of those who have paid the ultimate price for your freedom by being lackadaisical and tepid in your defense of that freedom. That would be a great dishonor to those who have fallen. And uh, folks, after this little bit of tribute music, we'll be back with more. Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd on this special Memorial Day edition of Saturday Morning Coffee.
0: Saturday morning coffee call the show at 843-903-2945 the Reese Boyd radio hour returns after these on talk
2: 94.5
5: at Williams flooring carpet one in Pauley's Island shopping for floors just got a whole lot easier get samples delivered right to your door how simple is that Start online at williamsflooringcarpet1.com and get started on updating your floors with samples delivered to your door. At Williams Flooring Carpet One in Pauleys Island, they offer their unique, beautiful guarantee. If you don't love your new floor, they'll replace it free. It doesn't get easier than that. Williams Flooring Carpet One has a beautiful showroom with tile, carpet, luxury vinyl plank, and lots of products in stock and ready to roll. Find out why so many homeowners all over the Grand Strand love Williams Flooring Carpet One. Bev and Rob Webster know floors, and they know how to make you smile. Shopping for floors just got a whole lot easier. Everything gets started online at WilliamsFlooringCarpetOne.com, or stop by and visit Highway 17 in Pawleys Island.
3: Here's Rob and Maddie from Monarch Roofing and Monarch Solar. Monarch
4: has been around for about 14 years now, and we honestly believe that our customers deserve the best in whatever roofing system that they get. So it could be anything from a repair to commercial, residential, new construction, you name it. Monarch has you taken care of, and we want to make sure that every customer that we have feels like family. We do solar, however. I'm going to defer to Rob for that one because he's the uh, solar expert. So there's always a lot of great incentives. Right now it's still the 20. 6% federal tax credit, the 25% state tax credit. CNT Cooper has a limited number of the rebates left, but it's a $6,300 rebate. And also don't forget their low interest solar loan. And so if you're a CNT Cooper customer, you need to stop down and come see us. You want to find us? We're 4336 Waccamaw Boulevard, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Or you can find us online on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or even our website, monarchroofing.biz. All of our handles, monarchroofing. Or you can call 843 839 7663.
0: Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours, full hours on Talk 94.5.
2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.36 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, May the 29th, 2021, this special Memorial Day edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. You know, one of the things we often talk about on this show is truth and the importance of truth and what truth is and what truth isn't and how important it is, because if there is no truth folks then all bets are off and it's sort of everyone to define their own uh, reality and and it just seems like there is so much craziness and nonsense in the world that you don't even know where to begin it is everything seems artificial made the comment the 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 comparison on this show before about the movie Matrix. You remember the movie Matrix oh, yeah. where everything is just a projection. Yeah. And, and I think so often when we're when when we're looking at things, when we're observing around us, when we're looking at the media in particular, what we are seeing is a projection of what folks want us to see and how important it is that we remember that there is truth, that there is a truth, there is There is truth. There is one ultimate reality. What I tell folks is, you know, everything hangs on the existence of truth. That's what, uh, as a lawyer, that's what the criminal justice system is all about. Two different sides telling two different versions of the same story, two different perspectives of the same series of events. There's only one thing that happened. It either was a murder or it wasn't. It was either a crime or it wasn't. And you have two different perspectives on those events, two different versions of those events, but ultimately there is one truth. And there is, you know, there's truth with a little t and there is truth with a capital uh, T. And that's uh, another discussion, but there is truth. And the the rule of law hangs on the existence and the common acknowledgement. That there is truth in the world, that there is a standard, that there is an objective standard for what is and is not. And so many times in the world around us, what you see happening is uh, people uh, projecting reality on you. And you have to be you have to be aware of it. It's like a full time job now is filtering what is projected to you. For instance, I noticed this week in the coverage, this from Fox News in the uh coverage that 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 mainstream media outlets uh gave to the Molly Tibbetts Ugh. uh murder disgusting uh, they routinely and and by that I mean by mainstream media we mean CNN we mean uh various other mainstream media outlets uh CNN didn't mention they did not mention that the individual involved uh, was an illegal alien
3: yeah.
2: uh he they re- they referred to him as a farm worker, worker. right And so you could have read any number of stories, the AP, CNN, any number of stories in the mainstream media, the Daily Beast headline was Iowa farm worker found guilty of murdering Molly Tibbetts
3: and illegal alien. Yeah,
2: very, very slyly mentioned in the sixth paragraph of the story that the individual in question had entered the U.S. illegally. Um, New York Times Christian, uh, New York Times, uh, summarized it as follows. Christian Riviera, a 26-year-old farm worker, was found guilty of first-degree murder on Friday in the killing of Molly Tibbetts, a University of Iowa student who had vanished while jogging in 2018. And so what you have to do is always be looking through the fog, looking beyond the projection, to see what is actually the story. Another interesting fascinating and ultimately frustrating story that came out this week is how the usa today massacred the language forced an individual to change her story to the usa today paper uh the female athlete uh chelsea uh, what's her name it's uh, it's in the uh, chelsea mitchell excuse me uh was uh, writing an op-ed piece about her experience as a high school athlete in connecticut and USA Today took issue with her uh, because she used the word male. And so they rewrote her uh, op-ed piece to uh, basically scrub it and, 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 and make all references to the biological male that was in the story uh, to uh, make those references to a transgender athlete. Well, and that was due to pushback from the woke mob. And the, the, the fact of the matter remains that we have female athletes that are being uh, beaten handily on the track, on the field by individuals, by individual athletes who are uh, biological males. They were born males and they remain uh, biological males. They may be, they may be undergoing, they may consider themselves to be something else, uh, but they are biological males. And uh, her, uh, op-ed that she wrote for the uh, USA Today paper was, I was the fastest girl in Connecticut, but transgender athletes made it an unfair fight. When I raced transgender athletes on the track, colleges didn't see the fastest female in Connecticut. They saw a second or third place runner. So, you know, what we see, folks, is that the very notion of truth is is under assault it's under assault every day around us and in everything that we read it it is is something that you have to always filter you know what is the truth what is being projected and and literally it's a full-time job because there are so many folks in society who appear to
3: care so little about the truth well and it, uh, back to the molly tippett um trial Mm-hmm. This was a brutal murder yeah, of a young absolutely. girl that was innocent as can be, and for them to disguise him as a farm worker by not it's, – it's fitting their narrative. They don't want to say that any illegal aliens here are doing the crimes, these violent crimes, mm-hmm. the amount of drugs and stuff that are coming across the border. We have a real problem down there, and it hasn't been addressed by the person in charge, which is supposedly the vice president. Still hasn't visited uh, 66 days
2: since uh, Kamala Harris been won, put in charge of was it. put in charge of the border. And and you're exactly right, uh, Glenn. The, the mainstream media does not want you to acknowledge, does not want me to acknowledge, does not want anybody to recognize that we have a open border that is, that is literally porous. Mm-hmm. The southern border is literally porous. People are pouring in. And that those people who are pouring in do not mean, many of them, probably are good-hearted individuals probably. who just want to be free. Right. But there are many of them who are criminal, Fame either members. in background or criminal in intent, and they are causing massive problems on this side of the border. And so they don't want you to know that. They don't want you to, to appreciate that. And that's why the the media uh, buries these stories, and you see it again and again And such little regard uh, for truth. And, for instance, I was thinking about, the reversal that the Fauch, Anthony Fauci, uh, gave us this week. Floundering on, Fauci. Yeah. <laughs> Tony the Fauch, yeah. as I call him, <laughs> on the origins of COVID. And I was flipping back through my notes. You and I did a program a year ago in yes. March of 2020 about the origins of COVID. We all knew that that it had to be more. Than the wet market. Than, yeah. a, than a coincidence <laughs> right. that the wet market where they were alleging COVID-19 originated was less than a quarter mile from the only level four viro- virology lab in China. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how many square miles China has, mm-hmm. but it's a big place. Yeah. So what are the odds that in the very wet market where they were telling us or trying to tell us that COVID-19 originated, that just a, a hot, literal hop, skip and a jump, you can almost throw a rock and hit it, that there's a level four virology lab? The
3: only one in China. If Trump was still in office, the mystery would have been solved a long time ago. It's taken a year for us now to learn that a couple of workers got sick from that lab. Yeah. Um, That travel was restricted to and from Wuhan in China unless you were leaving Wuhan and coming to the rest of the world. But
2: those of us with common sense attached to our... Thought process: Those who, those of us who had not completely sacrificed uh, common sense at the altar of our political agenda, right, um, knew that there had to be some connection to the the Wuhan virology uh, institute. And it's not just that; it's it, think back over. It's seemingly everything. Fauci was wrong about the mask. He was wrong about schools. Yep. He was wrong about summer camps. There seems to be this willingness to just. Pronounce. And it doesn't really matter whether it's true or not. As long as you stick to the narrative and you
3: don't yield, uh, it doesn't really matter whether you're speaking truth or not. And, well, and in the beginning, he didn't want to make it political. I remember him talking about not wanting to make this political. This was. Oh, sure. Oh, man, did he flip and become political. 100%. What do they call him? Flip flop? flop um, well,. Flip-flop and... Yeah, yeah. yeah. flip-flop Fauci. He didn't want to
2: make it political as long as he worked for Trump. He didn't want to be seen as a political apparatchik as long as he was connected in any way to the Trump administration. Certainly. But the point is, there are so many uh, folks and and so many stories that where you see the truth is simply simply an an irrelevant consideration. It's like they don't even care what the truth is. It's just a, it's all about the narrative and you see it again and again folks so everything that you see these days every story you read every story you see on television it has to be filtered through this lens of what's being projected what am I what am I being shown and how much of it is true and what of it is just a projection that somebody wants me to see mm-hmm. so it's uh, Saturday morning coffee special Memorial Day edition. 747 on your Saturday morning. Folks, stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town.
0: It's a big old land with countless dreams. And happiness ain't out of reach. Hard work pays off the way it should. Ain't enough to know that we've got it good
1: Where the stars and the stripes and the eagle fly There's a lady that stands in a harbor for what we believe And there's a bell that still echoes the prize that it calls
0: local news, and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. I
1: pledge allegiance to this flag. And
0: if that bothers you, well, that's too bad. But if you got pride and you're proud to you do
1: more like me and you, where the stars and stripes, and an eagle
2: fly. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd. Thanks for sticking with us here on Saturday Morning Coffee, 752 on your Saturday morning. Hope that uh, you guys are having a good uh, morning this Saturday morning. We are in the midst of a special Memorial Day Remembrance Edition here at Saturday Morning Coffee. Right before the break, we were talking about COVID origins and some of the flip-flopping that we've heard from that we've heard from, excuse me, I was getting some audio feedback, couldn't figure out where it was coming from. Yeah, I was like, where is that sound it's coming It's not from over here. I'm like, where? It's on your side, it's dude. It's on my side of the yeah. glass. I'm like, where is that sound coming from? So we were talking about uh, COVID origins and, and the latest uh, flip-flop and the pursuit of truth on this uh, being such a, a, a difficult uh, task uh, sometimes. Of course, this week not only did Fauci flop, Fauci now not convinced uh, that COVID-19 developed naturally. Dr. Anthony Fauci says he is not convinced COVID-19 developed naturally. This notwithstanding earlier countless press conferences where he said that COVID-19 followed the natural evolution sars COVID 2 uh, followed the natural evolution of prior versions of uh, the virus. Now, this week, uh, the Fouch says there's a lot of cloudiness around the origins of COVID 19. Oh, my gosh. Uh, still, so uh, I wanted to, uh, he was asked, I wanted to ask, are you still confident that it would develop naturally? And he says, I'm not convinced about that. I think we should continue to investigate what went on in China until we continue to find out the best, to the best of our ability. Uh, what happened? And, you know, as I said before the break, Glenn, we were discussing this issue last year. Mm-hmm. And I have a I have a Saturday morning coffee notebook where I keep the major stories that we talk about and kind of keep it. it is all there. And there's a, a lot of uh, information that we have on COVID-19 that we discussed in March of 2020. And it was very clear to many of us that there was that there was a lot of questions uh, to be asked and answered about the origins of COVID-19, that it was not necessarily not, I I don't think anybody necessarily ruled it out, uh, but it was not a naturally occurring uh, phenomena. In addition to the Fouch, our own president, uh, a president, the president, I suppose Joe Biden also said this week is that the Intel community is now torn between two likely scenarios on the COVID-19 outbreak source. President Biden on Wednesday ask the intelligence community to redouble their efforts to collect and analyze information that could bring the u.s closer to a definitive collusion excuse me a definitive conclusion on the origins of covid19 a freudian slip
3: there that's because you said collusion so many times i'm I'm so
2: accustomed to saying collusion uh saying u.s intelligence officials normally are, are now nominally torn between two likely scenarios the president on wednesday said that when covid-19 emerged in early 2020 he is a candidate call for the centers the centers for disease control and prevention to get access to china to learn about the virus so that we could fight it more care uh, more effectively the failure to get our inspectors on the ground in those early months will always hamper any investigation into the origin of covid-19 biden said wednesday how disingenuous is mm-hmm. that I mean, how disingenuous is that? Think about this. A year ago, when we were talking about the, the likelihood that it was somehow manufactured in a Chinese lab and was released either through negligence or intentionally, those of us who were discussing that, it was as if we had our tinfoil hats on. Yeah. And, and we were discussing some sort of conspiracy theory. And now we're finding out that the U.S. actually helped fund that,
3: um, it appears, no, uh, it, it actually does. Yeah. And,
2: and, and it and it is um, it is a situation where I think if, if the truth actually ever does get out, the conspiracy theorists will be vindicated. Yeah. And how many times well,
3: do you see, <laughs> you're seeing that along with some of the election issues going on. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, tin tinfoil hats, like you said. Um, but quite honestly, if there is a crime committed, the first 48 hours, I understand, are the most critical. For investigating. Yeah. So why are we why did we wait so long? I I think Trump was on it and he stated that he believed it came from the Wuhan lab uh, early on. But, of course, he was shot down like every other thing he said. So, yeah, Um, there was a clip, a clip. Glenn, that I wanted. We got one minute.
2: One minute. I wanted to play a quick, a quick clip from former Secretary Mike uh, Pompeo, former Secretary of State. uh, Wanted to share this with y'all that he took a swipe at the journalist over how the lab leak theory was dismissed. Let's play that real quick, okay? Tel Aviv, great to have you back.
0: Shannon, it's great to be with you again.
5: I want to give you a chance to respond to the suggestion from, among other people, Maggie Haberman over at the New York Times. Um, That you and President Trump were at some, it seems suggested that you all were at fault, that this lab leak theory didn't get more traction last year or that it was shut down. Here's her explanation. President Trump and Mike Pompeo, uh, the uh, secretary of state, both suggested they had seen evidence that this was formed in a lab and they also suggested it was not released on purpose, but they refused to release the evidence showing what it was. And so because of that, that made this instantly political. Your response. Oh, poor, poor
0: Maggie. Uh, huh. Maggie made this political. We, poor Maggie. Uh, as you heard from Mr. Asher, you've heard from the entire team that was working on this. this, this Shannon, this was, this was about science. This was about getting it right. This was about protecting the American people. We knew immediately, as early as January of 2020, that we had a, a shutout going on. The Chinese Communist Party was going to shut us out from the information that we needed so that we could respond to this pandemic in the right way. And so we, the team uh, that uh, David Asher was talking about, the State Department, and that Maggie Haberman just trashed them, the professionals at the State Department, uh, we, we knew we were doing the right thing. We were working on it. Every place along the way, we released as much information as we possibly.
2: So I thought that was interesting. And, uh, but clearly, it, it's all political, and it's not about truth. Folks, it's Saturday Morning Coffee. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. With more, I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Die. Don't leave town.
0: This is WTKN, Merle's Inlet, Myrtle Beach. All the Clemson Tigers action. Talk 94.5. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5.
1: Your my mama's sitting there looks like I only got a one-way ticket away. I sure wish I could give you one more kiss. And war was just a game we played when we were kids. Well, I'm laying down my gun. I'm hanging up my boots. I'm up here with God and we're both watching over you.
2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 8.08 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the program. Special Memorial Day weekend edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, Remembering the Fallen here this morning. I want to give a shout out this morning to uh, John Bonsignor. John's a great friend and John is one of the co-chairmen of the Community Law Enforcement Appreciation Committee here in Myrtle Beach. And they've been on a rather uh, lengthy hiatus due to COVID-19. But John asked me to remind everybody that the Community Committee, the Community Law Enforcement Appreciation Committee, will be meeting again. Grumpy Monk Restaurant will be the location. That's at 4545 Highway 501, Myrtle Beach. The next meeting of the committee will take place on Thursday, June the 3rd at 5.30 p.m. Of course, the purpose of the uh, Community Law Enforcement Appreciation Committee is to back the blue, help to build bridges between police and the communities that they serve. It's a great organization. I encourage everybody to get involved, and we'll uh, uh, have more to share with you as uh, the community uh, law enforcement appreciation committee gets back uh, in operation and starts having some of the events that they uh, traditionally have. They host uh, barbecue. I think we've got a couple of cookouts uh, that are planned for 2021 in, in uh, North Myrtle Beach and, uh, and some other areas of the county. So they're um, back in the game and they do a lot of great work. So if you're interested in helping out and, and joining an organization that helps to build bridges between police and the communities that they serve, join us. I'm involved in that committee, I do uh, some legal work and other help for the community law enforcement appreciation committee. So if you're in, interested in participating in that, um, feel free to give me a call at the office of Davis and Boyd. I can uh, give you some uh, insight into what the committee does and how it works That number at the office is 843-839-9800. And also feel free to join us. Drop in. The meetings are public. So the next meeting, again, of the uh, committee will take place Thursday, June 3rd, 530 p.m. at the Grumpy Monk Restaurant at 4545 Highway 501 in Myrtle Beach. And, again, that is the Community Law Enforcement Appreciation uh, Committee Committee does great work. I encourage everybody uh, to get involved, support the committee, and and most importantly, uh, support your local police and support uh, all that they uh, do for us as they uh, put themselves on the line every day uh, to keep us safe. Want to give you guys a couple of um, uh, a little a couple of local tidbits here. Did you know that Southwest? I was actually standing outside the studio, uh, Glenn, and the uh, Jets. We're actually. Right in the landing uh, pattern on, on approach to Myrtle Beach International Airport. and one of the jets that flew over was a Southwest airline uh, jet. Yeah, so, first one. yeah, great to see we' uh, standing in the parking lot with, uh, with Greg our own Greg Sisson and we were talking and, and heard the uh, aircraft overhead and it was a Southwest uh, jet. so we're excited to see Southwest coming to Myrtle Beach. Uh, it'll be um, a welcome addition, direct flights to uh, Dallas and some other uh cities that uh will be nice to have from uh, from Myrtle Beach so welcome it, southwest
3: Myrtle Beach International still continue to grow yeah,
2: yeah. it's uh, it's great stuff yeah. so and uh, other interesting uh, local uh, news did you know that uh, four school districts are in the running or are uh, school districts uh, are uh, potentially um going to benefit from electric school buses so there's a uh, a, uh, there's a group uh, that I was made aware of by the Conservatives for Clean Energy and uh, the uh, the Ava Lane Meyer Foundation and Daimler, that's the uh, parent of Mercedes-Benz, going to be giving away four electric school buses and chargers to school in South Carolina uh, this October. Yeah, they wouldn't be any good without the chargers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they need the chargers. So these uh, state-of-the-art electric buses are... Drivetrain equipped by Greenville's on Proterra and built by Thomas Built Buses of High Point, North Carolina. Sweet. And uh, this
3: foundation going to be giving away four of them. Well, and kids, you'll probably be able to charge your cell phones on the electric bus and your laptops. Yeah, on the I'm sure there'll be, um, and yeah. there'll probably be Wi Fi. USBs. Knows? And yeah. And yeah. Who knows
2: what yeah. other uh, creature comforts okay. will, will be present on these electric school buses students and teachers across the state are encouraged to apply by writing an essay detailing why your school should have one of the four electric uh, school buses the deadline to apply is october 1st 2021 and um, again if you are interested in applying we'll post a link try to post a link to that to the saturday morning coffee Facebook page, and uh, you can also call me again at the office to check out uh, more information. I'll be glad to pass that along to you. That's all I have here at the moment. But uh, giving away four electric school buses. By the way, have you test driven one of the new F one fifty electrics? I have not. Yeah, you you, have you put your name in the hat for an F one fifty lightning? I have not. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure that uh, I was uh, talking to somebody who uh, works with a lot of trucks in his business, and he said, you know, I'm just not sure that electric is is going to get it done for us yeah. because uh, the charging is uh is still not really as efficient in terms of time as 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 being able to put gas in a car uh, whenever you need to put gas in your car yeah so it'll be interesting to see what happens but uh, for school buses i can see that that might work so you know so we'll see what happens but uh, no i'm i'm not really uh, interested in in a in a, in a, in a electric uh, truck at the moment I'll, No, I'll,
3: Ford. i, I think that what i'm interested in ford is offering is the large bronco that's supposed to be in showroom soon all they have is a small uh, sport models uh, but i want the one that you can take the doors off yeah you know and it, they store on board which just amazes me yeah that you can store four doors on board instead of hanging them on your garage door uh you
2: know, yeah it's uh it's uh it'll be interesting to see how we adapt to a a more electric um more electric-focused uh, uh, auto industry. We'll see how that plays out. It's going to be a very interesting transition. Folks, it's uh, Saturday Morning Coffee. I invite you guys to stick with us as we uh, celebrate uh, Memorial Day. We remember the fallen today. It's a remembrance episode of Saturday Morning Coffee. Right after the break, we're going to be joined by our own Lieutenant Governor, Pamela Evitt, who will be in the studio with us here for a special uh, Memorial Day session, folks, so stick with us. It's Saturday morning coffee, and I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. We'll be back after these words from our sponsors. Don't leave town. Just remember this.
1: I'm in a better place. A soldier
0: morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5.
5: A hero is someone who has given his or her life to something bigger than oneself. And on Monday, May 31st, Freedom Boat Club and Americans across the country will celebrate the brave service men and women who died defending our country. May we never forget that freedom isn't free. Hello everyone. This is Karen Barry over at the Freedom Boat Club, bringing you your weekend marine report. Hi,
2: everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team. So, Greg, we all know the real estate market is super hot right now. Can you give
4: folks a quick snapshot of what's going on? It's never been a more hot seller's market in my career. I mean, just think, one year ago, we had nearly 4,000 homes for sale. Today, we have less than 1,100 on the market. And 40% more homes are selling each month. So, complete opposite of what we had a year ago.
2: You've been in this market for over 24 years. Locally.
4: How does that experience translate to benefit your clients? You're right, Reese. Doing this for 24 years, we've learned a few things and we specialize in better communication, giving our clients more peace of mind, and just handling all the details, streamlining the process. Reach Greg and the
2: Greg Sisson team at 843 251 2693 or you can schedule your appointment online at gregsisson.com. The Greg Sisson team. Your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. Give them a call today. Thanks for waking up with Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour on
0: Talk
1: 94.5. where my mama. You're released, I'm already home.
2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 819. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. The
3: crowd has gathered for you, Reese. The crowd
2: has gathered. The fans are um, all over. And... Uh, Speaking of fans, we have somebody in the studio this morning who I am a great fan of, and I think she's even maybe a fan of the show. We're joined here this morning by Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evans. Lieutenant Governor, good morning.
6: Good morning, Reese. Thank you for having me back with oh, coffee you... in the morning. I love this. And you muffins.
2: Are... You need to come more often. I Co- know. Coffee not... and muffins. You're Not getting...
6: everybody gives me muffins. Thank <laughs> you so much.
2: You're getting the VIP treatment here at uh, Saturday Morning Coffee, <laughs> yeah. but that's okay. You're a VIP, so you deserve it.
6: Well, thank you.
2: Um, and by the way, that coffee, I know you—I see you brought your coffee, but uh, the coffee that we have, that is uh, Doca Estate Coffee from Costa Rica. It's one of my favorites. Juan Valdez and his mule <laughs> hiked up into the mountains of Costa Rica to pick that coffee bean. They picked those beans just for you. Only that the freshest beans. Only the <laughs> freshest beans.
6: You know, I have to tell you, I was in Charleston a few weeks ago, and I've gotten to know um, One Nation Coffee. And it's oh, Memorial yeah. Day, so I mm-hmm. have to talk about them a little bit. But yep. One Nation Coffee, um, what it is, owned by veterans mm-hmm. and law enforcement, and they're roasting and growing. They're growing now their own beans in Colombia. Bringing them back here, roasting and grinding, but the beautiful thing about it is $1 of every pound that is sold goes to When Life Sucks, which is a veteran-funded organization that helps veterans coming out of the military that are looking to, you know, how do I get back into normal civilian life and how do I find a career? So great, great uh, group of guys and what they're doing is amazing.
2: No. and and it's located where you said Charleston.
6: Uh, yeah, it's located in Charleston, and they're selling all over. They're getting into grocery stores, so One Nation Coffee, and One I know Nation you can Coffee. buy One Nation Coffee, and they have the little curd cups and the so for good thing to do for for our veterans here in south and there's this beautiful south carolina company
2: oh yeah absolutely now when you say columbia growing the coffee you mean columbia south america Yeah,
6: not columbia middle of the state because yeah, i'm thinking
2: not... if we're growing coffee in columbia south carolina we are making real progress that's right this is yeah. going to be interesting stuff this, All the hemp farmers this is economic
6: development them. at its finest
2: yeah. so lieutenant governor i've got some questions for you and sure. i and i i you know, I'm sometimes accused of being too soft on people. So I've got some really hard, hard questions for you. And I'm, I'm going to apologize in advance. <laughs> I'm ready. For doing this to you. Uh, it hurts me worse than it will hurt you. But oh my I'm going to have to ask you, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? <laughs>
6: <laughs> okay. I love
2: pistachio ice cream. Okay. Does that
6: sound That sound crazy? It's not a very...
2: At least you didn't say chocolate chip. Your, no. You original. Or cookie dough, right? Or cookie dough, yeah.
6: I love pistachio ice cream, but I will tell you, my husband, who always comes and hangs out with me because he loves hearing your show, mm-hmm. he is an ice cream junkie. Oh, really? Oh, it's, it, and, and you see how slim he is, but he eats a huge he bowl. Does,
2: he doesn't look like he has a
6: habit. Oh, he has a habit. Oh, he it, does. If there was a 10-step program, he would need to be on it. We go through ice cream like there's no tomorrow.
2: <laughs> well, as long as, as as long as you don't do like, and of course, that was the tough question that the press. That's about the hardest question our president gets <laughs> at his daily pressers. You know, I've heard he gets really cranky at the end of a long, hard day, like at about three o'clock
6: in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, and he gets up around what noon. Yeah, yeah, they get they get him up and they get him fed and they get him dressed, and then he's got a couple hours of, of good. Common sense. Yeah, but did the, I say common sense? Uh, yeah, I don't know I, that I've heard a common sense. I,
2: I don't know. I don't know what I would is, uh, attribute uh, to the president. I'm not actually sure who's in charge. That's a question that I keep coming back to. But as long as you don't do like Nancy Pelosi and, and give the press a tour of your sixty thousand dollar ice cream freezer, you know it's okay, it's okay to have an ice cream habit. But <laughs> beware the. $60,000 ice cream freezer. Yeah, we don't have that. We're yeah. kind of
6: normal people. Yeah. We, go, we go to Publix or wherever, and when it's on sale, you know, two gallons for whatever, that's when we, we load up.
2: My, my problem with keeping ice cream in the house is it tends to disappear. We yeah. have that problem. Way too quickly. Way yeah, we too quickly. So, and have kids. And if you do the math on how long you have to run to make up for that carton of ice cream, it's, uh, it's speaking of, we were talking earlier this morning about numbers that are that are you know disheartening hard to get your hard to get your head around it, it takes a long time to run off a carton of ice cream
6: you're absolutely right i do you, do you see it how the cheater things like i'm not a big sweet person we had this long conversation with some friends last night at the dinner table about are you sweet or savory right do you like salt yeah. or sweet mm-hmm. so I will buy these little teeny cones. Do you see those? And they'll, yeah. oh yeah, and they have yeah. this, the the little crunchies like the uh, uh, nuts on top. And they're only like a hundred calories, so you can almost eat it and go, wow, that's not terrible.
3: I think that's a Blue Bunny brand.
6: Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, I think With so. The
3: grocer here, little bite size. Yeah. yeah, little, little,
2: just a little, just
3: enough. And and, yeah. And when you go buy multiple gallons of ice cream, it it can't just be like four four packages now because. The half gallon has shrunk down in size, exactly. so you're really not getting what you used to get, but yeah, you're paying yeah. more or the but same price.
2: Yeah, paying more. So, uh, what's on your mind this morning, Lieutenant Governor? What I wanted to ask you, I've got quite a few things more than ice cream to talk about, but we <laughs> did, we did have to start with the hard stuff. Yes. So, uh, but what is reflecting back on the legislative session and and kind of this year? What what is your what are you proud of What that y'all were able to get done this legislative session? What What are you most proud of at the moment?
6: Well, very near and dear to my heart has been the heartbeat bill. Mm-hmm. I was on Newsmax this week. You know, definitely takes a second to this show, but I was on Newsmax this yeah. week and, um, and talking about the heartbeat bill in mm-hmm. Mississippi, the U.S. Supreme Court picking up uh, the Mississippi 15-week ban, uh, and I think that is going to be... If we get a victory there, this is a victory for pro life people across our country who have really stood up this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we we live in now in D.C. with the Democrats in charge. We we are really in this dark culture of death.
1: Oh yeah,
6: and um, and just they can justify anything. And I think we have seen so much since Roe v. Wade um, about the fetus. We've learned so much more about pain tolerance and things like that. It, it needs to be re looked at. It needs to be re examined. And I think we have to look at at the fetus in the womb. Now we have to look at humanity with that, which I don't think we've done. And I think that's what this is bringing up the humanity of the fetus in the womb. I I kept saying that. Mm -hmm. So I'm very proud of what we did there. Um, I can tell you Reese. So I've been Lieutenant governor now three years, three sessions uh, going up to the house and Senate. I have never felt such um, it wasn't tension. It was, it, it was just this feeling of uh, we have to get things done. And, mm-hmm. and they've, they've always gotten things done. I know sometimes people think it works slow and it does, but that's the process you're given in government, right? It's not like you're slowing it down. It's just mm-hmm. a very slow process. Um, but the intensity is kind of the word I was looking for in the House this year, something I've never felt. Really trying to look through laws and find out where are there gaps, gray areas, things that we need to tighten up Mm-hmm. So that D.C. can't come down and take away what we hold near and dear here in South Carolina. And so I'm really proud of all everything that they've done, you know, making us a sanctuary state for the Second Amendment, mm-hmm. uh, working on voting laws, working on school choice laws, working on, um, like I said, the heartbeat bill, working on religious freedom. You know, Governor McMaster Absolutely. never closed down a church. He wouldn't. Uh, he was very adamant about that. But we can't look, we can't be so arrogant to look 10 years into the future or 20 years in the future and say, we're always going to have a Republican governor, right? Heaven forbid, what if that didn't happen and it's something, a pandemic came along again? Would Uh, our churches be closed? Yeah,
2: and I saw something to the effect of, and you really have to think about how we have responded to this crisis and what sort of precedent and not just South Carolina, but just looking at the way we have responded to this crisis as a nation. Yeah. You know, and I tell people, can you imagine if we had responded to Pearl Harbor the way we've responded to COVID-19? You're absolutely right. It would have been a disaster. We'd be be speaking Japanese.
6: (laughs) That's right. We'd be hiding under our tables still.
2: It's unbelievable. Now you mentioned the heartbeat bill. One of the things that we were talking about this morning, and it is, you know, Memorial Day, a somber day. You know, you think about almost, I think, a Approaching three quarters of a million people have given their lives mm-hmm. in the wars that this nation has, has been forced to fight to yes. defend our freedom. And we were talking this morning about that's a lot of people. You put 750,000 people side by side, the line would be very long. Yeah, But then you try to get your head around that and then think about since Roe v. Wade became the law of the land, there have been 50 to 60 million abortions that that then those are the ones that we've counted that we know took place 50 to 60 million of them and you think try to get your head around that number and how many and how many you know how many einsteins how many mozarts how many cancer cures were out there yeah but they never were born they never the the, they they left the they left the planet unborn before they ever saw the light of day
6: I think it's so sad. I've thought about it that way. I've been very blessed now that I've been Lieutenant Governor to meet a lot of wonderful pro-life people and pro-life groups. You know, you have Holly Gatling right here, mm-hmm. Lisa Van Riper, oh, yeah. all of the people I I have always said yes if if a uh, a women's clinic was having a fundraiser and they needed a speaker. It's one of the things I'm very passionate about. I I've always said yes if I could if something already wasn't on there, but um you know when you talk about those numbers i was uh reading some statistics from the susan b anthony society who's very involved on a national level in the pro life movement and they said the scary part is now we have all these um kind of like drug induced abortions not the actual procedure oh yeah so we don't even really know the numbers because you know they're kind of giving these drugs and women how scary is that like when when the left it, and and this is how I've talked about it with like a younger generation, you know, my daughter's twenty five, and when her friends would come over and say, "Well, you know, Miss Abbott, this is a so it's a woman's health issue," I'm like, if this was really about women's health, we'd be making this more more stringent, harder to get an abortion, yeah. more oversight because yeah. it. It's a serious procedure. We wouldn't be like allowing drugs to go home with maybe some scared young girl where she's going to take them in her dorm room or in her bedroom without the knowledge of anybody Mm -hmm. and could have a, a really bad reaction, could hemorrhage, could, you know, it's like we're we're. They, the left is in such a panic because they see Americans, most Americans, if you, I think uh, Susan B. Anthony said it's in the high 80% believe that abortion is wrong over the after the first trimester. Yep.
2: Yeah.
6: One of just a handful of nations that allow abortion on demand. I mean, we're sitting in the ranks with North Korea and China. Mm-hmm. Is that where we really want to be is as that, a yeah. nation? Is that
2: who we want to associate with? But yeah.
6: nobody talks about that. Yeah. Nobody talks about the fact that, there's a 38% um, chance of a, of a bad reaction to an abortion after the first trimester. 38% your, re- your, your risk increases mm-hmm. for hemorrhaging or death or, you know, all kinds of other long-lasting effects from an abortion. But nobody talks about that.
2: And I think one of the things that we've learned, and it's taken time, but people have, have now grown up and you've seen the long-term experience that women have, is the psychological implications, which are, which are, I think, obviously I'm not a woman, but I, you know, it's, 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 what we have seen, I think has been a traumatic impact on, on millions of people.
6: Men too, Reese. You know, when you talk to like, you know, groups like uh, Rachel's Vineyard that Mm -hmm. helps counsel uh, people after an abortion, men have a much higher, because they feel like they've just really let down an unborn child. Um, I had learned a great statistic. I was at a woman's clinic up in York County. And do you know, in South Carolina, you have to show uh, like a woman has to have an ultrasound before she can receive an abortion procedure. Mm-hmm. But Planned Parenthood, if you go to an abortion facility, they won't show you the screen. If you go to a women's clinic, they will. And the reason So they'll do
2: the procedure, but they won't show you the they screen. They won't
6: show you the screen, so you don't actually see the baby. Oh. Now you'll have to ask for it. Yes. You'll have to say, Oh, please turn that around. But mm-hmm. as as a general rule, they won't have it facing you. Because in eighty I'm not gonna I'm not a hundred percent sure it's in the eighties, mid eighties, women will change their mind if they see their unborn baby in an ultrasound. Ninety two percent of men Will back the you know their yeah. girlfriend or wife Life. or fiance or whoever yeah. significant other, if they see the screen of an ultrasound in their unborn child.
3: That is true. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've heard well, that and, like yesterday. And I
2: yeah. think yeah. and I think that's the point of the of the of the regulation, the law, right, is to encourage them to see that. Yeah, is to encourage the the mother to be and the, and anybody else to. And you know, it's interesting to me that people who are so pro-choice, but yet they have no qualm about forcing people to take a vaccine oh yeah you know and so very pro-choice about your bottle your bodily you know autonomy yeah on one subject but when it comes to a vaccine uh, no it's it's something that you've got to do
6: yeah Yeah. i haven't heard nancy pelosi say my body my choice not once or aoc or the rest of that group
2: so, folks, we are talking to Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evitt this morning here on Saturday Morning Coffee, this special Memorial Day edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. You'll stick with us a little bit longer? Absolutely. And we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. My mother,
0: my brother, my sister and me To grow up and live happy in the land of the free Now this nation that I love is falling under attack hey, my Sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back Soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye Man, we lit up your world like the 4th of July Text us, 843-798-TALK Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour On Talk 94.5 The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours On Talk 94.5
1: can I say put your name?
2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. We are engaged in a special tribute edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. Uh, This morning, folks, we're remembering the fallen, those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice so that you and I could be free today. We're here celebrating that freedom with thankful hearts and uh, remembering those uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands who have paid the
6: ultimate price.
2: Uh, for our freedom. So here on this Memorial Day weekend, joined by Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evitt here in the studio. Lieutenant Governor, thanks for joining us this morning.
6: Thank you for having me. I, I love coming in and talking. You know, this is my second home, oh, I know. Myrtle Beach, and so it's always great to be here.
2: We're uh, we're blessed to have you with us. And uh, one of the things I wanted to talk with you, I know we've talked about some of the success that we've had in South Carolina that, that you and the governor have had in the General Assembly with the with the uh, conservative agenda. But, you know, it seems like people realize that freedom really is on the line. And I feel yes. like we're, we're at an inflection point as a country. You know, Obama famously said elections have consequences. And I think we are seeing consequences pile up from the November election Yes, um, faster than any of us imagined. Uh, the economy not going well, inflation taking off. They will tell you it's Four point two percent. I think it's much higher.
6: Uh, yeah, because I don't because even Democratic economists are saying that they think uh, this inflation is going to be worse than the Jimmy Carter era, which I remember. I was very very young, but I remember my dad every day complaining about what was happening in the country, and so that that's scary.
2: Yeah, and we've been spending money that we don't have, paying people not to work. There, as you know, we've talked about this, there are so many jobs that are available. I noticed when you go pump gas now at the gas station, the gas station where I pump gas, they're saying, please come inside and fill out an em- an employment application. <laughs> exactly. Um, one of the local water parks here in town sent out an email. They're not going to be able to open like they normally do until the high schools are out. They can't find enough people to staff uh, their the, the lifeguard positions at the park. You You literally see business after business. I've, I've got two or three restaurant clients that are literally shutting locations down because they can't find people to work.
6: Well, you know, we should all... Uh... Give a big thank you to the governor for that because he rescinded – he reached out to Director Elsie would do and said, hey, we are going to pull back the federal $300 bonus check mm-hmm. for everybody. That will help, help incentivize. But, you know, I've been talking with a lot of parents. I, my youngest is 14. My husband and I were very big advocates of our children working. I think it's, it's something that parents are starting to think about. I think we went through this period, I know with my older children, where their friends didn't work. They worked – because we made them, yeah. Uh, but their 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 friends didn't, and I think parents are starting to see that that maybe wasn't a real good decision is to let them hang out all summer and and, and rest. Right? Yeah. My my dad used to say, you know, you're 16, you don't need to rest. I oh, if I was 16 again, do you remember your parents saying? Oh that? yeah, oh yeah. But I think parents are starting to think like, you know, it, we're not doing our children any favors. By not making them accountable, going to work, learning skills, talking to people, getting them out of the house, because uh, we are seeing it as business owners. Mm-hmm. I know it was, you know, we would get this great talent out of our universities and, I mean, just amazing people that didn't know really how to work, that didn't know about showing up on time and and, and you, you got to come into work every day, even if oh, you yeah. have a headache in the morning. And, and, and that was lost almost, it seems like, on almost a whole generation of kids whose parents really felt like, well, I don't want them to work. I want to relax or I want them to really. Um, and I, I'm hoping that parents are seeing that work is not a bad thing. Work is a life lesson that really help you want your kids to learn those life lessons of showing up late and getting fired when they're 15 and 16 and 17 and not when they're 25 26 coming out of college yeah. uh, you know learn those life lessons early
2: it's a it's a necessary skill because not everybody can win the lottery exactly and, and it's not a good it's not a good plan if that's your plan you need to think again but what does it say when government you know we we i think there are so many aspects of this COVID response that have just become a power play for politicians. And I think what you see in this welfare expansion, you know, and the fact that I've read many stories about it, and I'm sure you're aware, you know, a family of two, when they put together all the benefits and the additional pay, they're, they're making like 70, 75,000, 80,000 in some States, even more to sit at home and not to work. Yeah. And and you're thinking to yourself, if you pay people more not to work than to work, what are they going to do? They're going to they're going to sit at home. And if those are the adults in the room that are being that are being induced, incentivized to Mm -hmm. act that way, what are we teaching the kids?
6: I know. You know, when we got down to two point seven percent in unemployment, I mean, it was. Pretty much we were completely employed because mm-hmm. you have – that means everybody that wants a job has a job. And really when we were looking at how do you get that other 2.7 engaged, those were people that generationally had never seen anybody work in their yeah. household. Yeah. And and it's it's shocking. So when I would talk in front of business groups – and I would say it's not like you need to teach these kids a skill because we have amazing technical schools. Oh, yep. my God, Ori County, you are blessed. You have ATA. You have Ori Georgetown Tech. You have, I mean, you have such a wealth of, of skill-based uh, education here in your area. It's not like bringing them back to school and teaching them a skill. Mm-hmm. It's teaching them that you have to wake up in the morning, you have to set your alarm, you got to yep. go every day, you're only going to get so many weeks off. Of your, I mean, and people would look at me like, oh, come on.
2: Think, things, yeah, things are expected of you. Yeah, it's, it's a part of part of the contract, the but social contract. If,
6: but you know, I have a friend from Germany, and yeah. we were we were talking a few about a month ago, and they said, you know, German. We always think of Germany with this German uh, ingenuity, this German engineering. You know, when you look at you know products like BMW and their engines and things like that. Yeah. But they're fearful for their mother country because they said socialism is taking such a hold there. They're having the same issues. Mm -hmm. But you know what I found amazing? France, who was so liberal, think about it, 10 years ago, are now reeling it in.
2: They're realizing.
6: They're realizing. Exactly. Like, we got nowhere with this. Hard work is why my grandparents came here from Poland, right? Mm -hmm. And the American dream, since this is Memorial Day weekend and what we fought for, uh, I gave a commencement speech probably three weeks ago, and my whole speech was on the American dream from the viewpoint of my grandparents it was that you could be whatever you want to be Mm -hmm. as long as you're willing to work hard enough to do it yeah you don't have to be the smartest in the room you just have to be willing to work harder than anybody else and i think that has somehow been lost work has become a dirty word um you know we and i don't know why we should be proud when you make something from nothing yeah. you feel better about yourself you
2: feel better about who you are
6: that's right yeah and isn't that the goal
2: my son and i were watching a show on netflix i forget the name it's like the fastest car he's a car kid and we were watching the show found out midway through the show it's not not family friendly i don't know why netflix can't make a show and, and make it family friendly if it's about cars but nonetheless but one of the it's a they they had this one guy who had a supercar uh-huh. you know lamborghini and these other folks that had basically hot rotted, you know, Honda Civics and other things. And they, they all leads up to a race at the end of the episode. And one of the, one of the contestants on the show was from Cuba. And he talked about how he left Cuba, uh, left his mom, left his dad in Cuba. He talked about how heartbreaking that was, but he said, you know, in Cuba, the government gives you everything, but they never give you enough. And he said, in Cuba, you can work 30 days and spend 30 days of wages on a single day of eating chicken and things that we take for granted in this country. And it reminded me how much we take for granted every single day. And, but the people on the left, that's what they, they want to turn this country into another Cuba. You're right. They, they want to take us back to something that we've
6: never been and, and turn us into a place where we're all equally deprived. And, and I, think that's what, I think that should be the strategy is to really, and instead of just arguing... Just blast with facts, like ignore their Mm -hmm. propaganda and come up with our own and base it on facts. You know, you hear those heart wrenching stories. I mean, why do you think all these people from Venezuela and all these other countries are trying to get to Mexico to get across our border? Because they love where they came from, because their socialist government took such good care of them. Exactly. I mean, because they're fearing for their children's lives.
3: Yeah. If you had listened to Barbara Arthur, she's running for Congress. Twenty twenty two. District seven. She came from Cuba and talked about how her family, how it took years and years for her family to catch up with the other part of the family and how devastating it was in Cuba and how bad it would be here. Absolutely.
6: Well, I think, you know, the left has done, I'll give them credit. I don't give them credit for a lot, but they've done well on selling their case. They really have to our youth. And I think we have to be better about actually combating that with fact And we have to stop thinking, because I think for a long time, and even as a parent, don't you sometimes when your kids come in and they say something, it's kind of off the wall, you think, all right, that's crazy, but they're young, they'll figure it out. As parents, we have to stop thinking our kids are going to figure it out by themselves, because the, the best lesson of parenting I took from my mom and dad is you better teach your kids politics and religion because if you don't, somebody else will oh, yeah. and you may not like the outcome.
2: Oh, yeah. And you wonder one of the things that we've been talking about on the show is how critical race theory and other other really harmful doctrines are, are creeping into the curricula of schools all across the country. And, um, and so, yeah, parents have to be mindful, be be awake and be involved in their kids education.
6: And you know what that has really popped up if covid does one has done one good thing it's made parents focus on what their kids are being taught. And so this session we passed a bill that um, high schools have to teach the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Federalist Papers, the Emancipation Proclamation before you can graduate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it stems over into college. But there And that was passed. Uh, it was Senate Bill 38, I believe. It was mm-hmm. signed by the governor on April 28th. But there's another bill sitting in the House that's still live and well. They'll take it up next session. Basically, plain and simple, critical race theory cannot be taught in South Carolina in a public institution yeah plain and simple like there's no it's not wordy it's easy to figure out and
2: well and when you really look at critical race theory and what it is and it and basically obviously it it stems it's been out there for a while and you know i had friends who are on the um boards of uh you know you see i have friends on college boards and Several years ago, I started hearing from them saying, you know, the dirty little secret here on this equity agenda is there are these diversity officers on campus that are going out and they're teaching kids that they're racist, you know, whether they, whether they realize it or not. And, and the, the theory obviously stems from this belief, this, this assumption that if you're not a person of color, if you're white, you are by definition a racist. And, and it's, it's just it's – it's a terribly destructive – uh, doctrine, And then it's just indoctrination is all it is.
6: Well, you know, if you think back, you know, history will repeat itself if we let it. And you know what you keep if you if you go back to it, if you want to divide people and start real trouble in a society. Put everybody in a different corner and yeah. make them think that the person they're looking at across the room is their enemy. And that's what they're doing, right? Cool. We're going to put this group here. We're going to put that group. And I don't care what the group is. I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, it used to be it was all about, you know, we yeah. were getting the short end of the stick.
2: Divide by color. Divide by gender. Yeah. Divide by whatever you can divide.
6: And now look how many genders they've come up with. What a, Now they can yeah. even take, you know, there was two. That was too many people. We can divide that into much smaller groups, right? Oh,
2: yeah. It's whatever you want to be today. Um, So, uh, Lieutenant Governor, we're going to take another break and then come back to wrap things up. We're here on uh, Saturday Morning Coffee for Saturday, May 29 with Pamela Evitt, our Lieutenant Governor. Stick with us, folks. We'll be right back.
0: Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. And more coming up next on Talk 94.5. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd radio hour is now two full hours, full hours on Talk 94.5.
2: Back, folks. It's Saturday morning coffee. We are wrapping it up. It is the parting wisdom segment of Saturday morning coffee. We're here in the studio with Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evitt. Thank you again, Lieutenant Governor, for joining us this morning.
6: Well, Reese, thank you so much for having me. I'll come back anytime.
2: So we were we went a little long in that last segment. So I had a parting wisdom clip for y'all from one of my favorite my favorite president, Ronald Reagan. Great clip uh, for Memorial Day, but. Do you have any parting, uh, you want to give any shout-outs, any parting wisdom for our listeners that you want to share, any shout-outs you want to give to the the listeners?
6: Well, basically, I just want to wish everybody a safe and blessed Memorial Day, and, and just a big thank you to our veterans and our law enforcement. You know, when... When the rest of us mere mortals are running away from danger, they're, they're running to it. Yeah. And I think that that's the image we should all keep in our minds. But, you know, to our veterans that are gone, to our veterans who died in, in the line of duty, uh, we can never thank them enough. But remember to hug and embrace and thank our veterans that are here today, many of them who suffer from PTSD and, and other things. Because they were protecting us. So let's all be good to our veterans. Let's make sure we give them a hug. Buy them their cup of coffee. Buy them their dinner. Um, yeah. And just thank them. And remember, when you see somebody that came back from Vietnam, they weren't welcome the way they should. And, and remember to say, welcome home, brother, to them when they come. That really touches their heart.
2: Yeah. Amen to that. And the, uh, the, the piece that uh, I was referring to is a great speech that Reagan gave uh, at Normandy. And uh, some great wisdom that he had to share about the the real the greatest of America is really in that selfless uh, devotion that so many of have 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 carried with them to the battlefield over the years. And uh, but thank you You again. come back anytime. You want to give give your husband a quick shout?
6: Yep. Thank you, David, for waking up early and coming on over the studio with me Um, and for all he does to keep our family together.
2: Well, let me just say this. We are blessed to have you in uh, in Columbia backing up. Henry McMaster, thank you for all that y'all do. And uh, thank you for all that you continue to do and will do and and come back anytime. Always a pleasure to have you.
6: I will. It's an honor to serve. And thank you all for giving me the opportunity to serve as your lieutenant governor.
2: Folks, it's uh, Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Let me leave you with this little bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Folks, don't forget to uh, hug a veteran uh, this weekend and remember those who have gone before and uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. Have a blessed Saturday and a blessed Memorial Day. We'll see you next week for more Saturday Morning Coffee.
0: Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, on Talk 94.5.